Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinkser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind to both employees and customers love and support. Thanks to BizSimply for sponsoring this episode as our show partner. And BizSimply is the all-in-one HR, workforce management, road and operations software designed and built by hospitality experts to make every shift run like clockwork. And we join forces to help the industry to find new ways to become even more innovative in how we lead our people, how we operate, to how we grow our businesses, to how we serve our customers. Together, we want to share strategies and tools that can make the industry thrive long-term, not just survive. The company decided in a time period where it's so dark and you're hearing the word no, 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 no. They were like, how can we safely say yes? How can we get creative? And with that, as I was onboarding with the company, they're installing pergolas outside. They're investing in national holiday calendars so they can do safe activities, whether it's early morning yoga in the backyard and stuff like that. So it was just a really big breath of fresh air during this really dark period of time we were all going through. This is Mel Miller, Director of Marketing and Business Development at Pathfinder Hospitality. Pathfinder developed and managed hotels by leveraging its talented workforce. It was founded in 2005 and currently managed six hotels in Texas and with a number seven in the works. This company are what I will call a real people first company. And you see that from when you visit their website for the first time, because the first drop down menu is named culture. And in this conversation, Mel shares with us how Pathfinder is working to build a company that both employees and customers love and support. She also shares how their purpose, mission, vision, and values are connected to the way they operate and engage with their people and local community in everything they do. She also shares their philosophy around growth and how they make sure that growth do not compromise their purpose or culture, but works hand in hand. We also talk about how they actively are working to make sure that people from the front line are engaged in direction of the company, but also have autonomy to make the decision to improve the customer experience on a day-to-day level. She gives us detailed walkthrough of how they ensure that people have a great induction into the company and the culture. And as a part of that, they have a great success using the FISH philosophy, a famous management approach that empowers people to be more effective in any job. Before you tune in, please sign up for our weekly newsletter. For more Maverick insights, strategies, and tools, find the links in the show notes or visit hospitalitymavericks.com. There are so many great nuggets in this conversation on how to build better culture and how you can use culture as your competitive edge. So grab pen, notebook, and your favorite drink and enjoy. I'm super excited about today's conversation. I'm normally excited always, you would say, but I met Mel, uh, the guest today, uh, some weeks ago, or maybe it's three or four weeks ago. I can't remember right now, but straight away we we dived into culture and talked about how you can actually build a business from the inside out. And we, we touched on some very interesting things we will be sure to touch on in this conversation. But the thing is that the Mel works for Pathfinder and they are they have a unique, I will say, an impactful business blueprint because 
they don't just deliver results, but they also try to have a very positive impact on people, community, and the planet we're on. So with that said, welcome, Mel, to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah, me, me too, because uh, we, we, we had a really great conversation. We should almost have recorded our previous uh, pre-conversation before the, the podcast interview. Then I, I think we, we would have been done. We didn't have to do today, but we didn't. We just got very engaged into that. So I'm, I'm really hoping we can give uh, the, the audience the same experience. For sure. I think we totally can. I think it's a conversation that we should continue having when you're talking about you know, coming out of the pandemic and company culture and doing things differently. So I'm excited. So, so Mel, just for, uh, you know, a bit of context, can you tell a bit about you and also Pathfinder, you know, and, uh, and maybe your elevator pitch on this? Sure. So my name is Mel Miller. I live in Austin, Texas currently. I've been doing marketing for over 10 years now. I actually am born and raised in Los Angeles and I got my start in marketing in the entertainment industry. So worked for a lot of really neat companies like Disney and uh, Crown Media Family Networks, which is Hallmark Channel, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. And then I was working at Trailer Park, which is one of the largest media agencies for entertainment uh, when I decided it was time to make a change. And so I left Trailer Park to make the move to Austin from Los Angeles. I was I lived in LA my entire life and decided to do something different and landed at a very, very small marketing agency when I was here. And like a lot of people during the pandemic, unfortunately I was furloughed and let go. And that was the first time I had ever lost a job. So, you know, in my journey that took a huge, huge hit to my ego. And I was really questioning what's next and then this opportunity came up to be a part or a, a contract employee for pathfinder development at the time and i noticed it was hotels and i, I was thinking to myself what during a pandemic hospitality job no way and showed up to my first day and immediately got ingrained with the culture i mean the first day they showed us a video about what fish is and what it means because my journey was supposed to be temporary so for you know Fast forward four weeks later during my contract hire and somehow I tricked them to keep me and they really gave me a lot of unique freedom to kind of utilize my skills and expand upon them to create something from the ground up. They had never invested in marketing before. You know, it was always direct sales. It was always in the revenue management piece, but that little marketing arm was kind of missing. And I was the lucky person that, you know, I took a chance on them, but they totally took a chance on me. And now we're here and we actually rebranded in December of last year to Pathfinder Hospitality um, because it sends the more global message of what we're trying to do in the hospitality sector. So it's been a wild journey to get here. And I always say, I can't even believe I got a job in hospitality during the pandemic. And I just fell in love with this industry the second I started working in it. Yeah, it sounds like you had a, had a great start, and it's great to hear about success story in in the in the period we just gone through. Probably one of the, if not, is probably the toughest period for hospitality in the, when when anyone can remember. Um, could you talk a bit about you know the uh, the story and uh, the purpose of Pathfinder because uh, you 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 have a very unique approach to uh, to business and hospitality for that sake. For sure. So. About 17 years ago, the co-owners of our company, who are currently our managing directors, they're still very much involved. Um, we have the we have the first four team, which is our 
two managing directors, our VP of operations and our head of business development and partnerships. And, you know, when they got together 17 years ago, their hope was, you know, a lot of people are doing hospitality, but how can we do it differently and truly do it differently? What does that look like? You know, you want to put a, a better imprint on the industry and, you know, you don't have to be massive to do that. You know, we're a smaller company, but I always say we're small, but mighty. And the purpose and the difference is to, you know, we provide career opportunities, not just paychecks, if people want to get more involved. And we, you know, day one are told, yes, the guests are the number one importance. Our clients are, you know, amazing, but our team and our employees also have to come first. So we kind of use the term internal and external guests, and they all need to be treated with the same level of respect, appreciation, and everything beyond that. So I think, you know, like you said, building it from the inside out, it starts with the culture and it starts with setting that tone. And uh, what is like the the bigger vision for, for Pathfinder? You say you are, you are a smaller company, but you, you still have ambitions. Yeah, so we're we're in a very exciting period of growth right now. Um, we lost a couple of hotels during the pandemic, like a lot of management companies. But in the last six months, we've also added three or four properties. We put a big emphasis on bringing that Pathfinder difference to every asset that we take on. We're open to other asset classes. You know, there's been some talk about branching into things like multifamily, senior living, you know, we do what we do so well, maybe we can make an impact on other branches of hospitality. And so the bigger vision is what does that look like in the next year, the next five years? Um, we have a really positive pipeline right now of new hotels. We're really wanting to break out of Texas. We're currently only in Austin, Houston, San Antonio, and um, we're looking to go beyond that. So the growth plan is to really, you know, align with other hotel owners, asset owners, managers, and say, hey, we've done the owner operator thing. We've done the third party thing. And because we understand both worlds, let us help you run your business successfully. And and, and uh, as you're talking about growth, I was preparing for this. I was thinking, what is your approach to growth? Because, you, you know, you have you have this very unique culture vision purpose you built for this business is very clear but how do you actually combine that with growth and how do you make sure that you say that this special the special source from pathfinder actually happens in every asset you add on to the portfolio for sure you know i think there has to be a beautiful marriage between planning but also being flexible so the more you plan the more we're able to be flexible in the moment one of the th obviously as the director of marketing i'm always thinking about when we take on a new asset what does that look like and i don't believe in cookie cutter marketing tactics i don't believe in a one-size-fits-all approach i don't believe in any of that you know i think at the end of the day every asset whether it's a hotel whether it's multifamily, whether it's a senior living they it has its own personality so the first thing i do is i dive in and i do a very customized marketing strategy deck what is the tone what is the voice what is the market what's around there and from the inside out then you find people on the ground level one of the unique things we do is we have a lot of various committees that line level employees every corporate employees everybody's encouraged to participate just because you're a front desk agent doesn't mean you can't be a photographer for our committee to get us content so really the growth plan there is the second you kind of take that on 
instead of saying, oh my gosh, we have to hire, 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 which is true in this market now. How about playing to the strengths of the people that are loyal to the company? Talk to them, ask them, do you like taking pictures? Are you interested in video? Are you interested in, you know, social media, which is a huge part of the business right now. And, you know, get involved and nurture those passions because that could be your next marketing coordinator. I mean, it's always good to hire externally too, but you might have exactly what you're looking for right in front of you. And what of what else is the business if we think about your your growth ambition? Is there like do you have like a some some levels you say we can't grow bigger than that because then we start to dilute the culture? Is that a conversation you have on on director level as you grow? Absolutely. I'm very lucky to kind of be plugged in with the leadership team and you know, we don't we don't like to talk in caps, you know, we don't like to say, oh, we stop here. No, but as we're doing it, we like to be very in tuned and communicate with each other and say, okay, in the next three months, if we have five potential hotels, how do we plan for that? Because we never want to lose that. We call it the Pathfinder difference, which is, you know, the marketing difference, the sales difference, the revenue manager piece. You know, we have amazing department heads in all of this. We have a director of people and culture who is the keeper of that. So we're always in constant communication as we grow to make sure that if, you know, what kind of help does everybody need to make sure we don't lose the quality. And I really like what you touched on before as well, Mel, you talked about that. How do we actually utilize the people we already have? And that's again, you know, how do you actually, it's about retention, I guess as well, like, and using skill sets that's maybe already there because, you know, lots of these people use their phone every day and many of them maybe are already, social media expert because they spend a lot of their spare time there. How have, how have employees actually, you know, uh, taken that on board and got engaged with that? Because again, normally what you would do, you would hire somebody responsible for social media or you get an external company in, which has, you know, all other kind of consequence. I guess, you know, how, how do they react, you know, say, okay, you can do social media or, you know, would you love to do that? How do those people react when they ask about that? If they are, you know, they are frontline employees, normally they are, their job is quite defined. So every time we bring on a new group of frontline employees, whether they're in Austin, Houston, San Antonio, kind of regionally, part of their onboarding is not just the fish training, which I know we'll dive into, but we also give them an overview of what we call, we have five specialty areas or committees. Um, one being marketing, social media, we call them the brand badasses. And there's a slew of things that fall under, you know, those responsibilities. And it's a completely volunteer basis. You know, some of them are copywriting and writing social media calendars. Some of them are taking photos and videos and boomerangs. And they're trained on how to not just interact with the team behind the scenes, but with the guests. I mean, we get so many really good guest photos that are very organic and we make sure we get their permission to use them. And they're the hot, like most engaged with posts on social media. We also have a specialty area around administrative work and operations. We call them the smooth operators. And that is for the line level employees or any employees that are really interested in, you know, the ordering piece of it, the purchasing piece, inventory, keeping things straight, you know, maybe some accounting, bill.com, things like that. We also have a culture committee. I mean, that committee is dedicated to keeping the culture and the, you know, responsibilities are divided up between employee appreciation. You know, we're always making sure trying to celebrate everybody's birthday. And we actually use an internal social media platform called Beekeeper. And this actually allows all the teams across the portfolio 
to stay connected and they're encouraged to post their wins, their celebrations, their, you know, holiday parties, things like that. So it's fun to get to be able to see that's how we stay connected is through beekeeper. Everybody loves it. We, we took it away for a little while and everybody was like, we want beekeeper back and leadership. Listen, they were like, you know what, this is what keeps everybody connected and it very much engaged. So they brought it back as soon as people said how much they missed it. And so with that, you know, you've got a lot of area opportunities for people to jump in and they're doing hands-on work. It's not play. It's not practice. It's okay. What do you want to learn? How can we train you? And how does it add to your career growth and your daily job? That's why people for us are so excited to show up for work because we we're hoping to enrich their lives with career opportunities, not just here's your front desk checklist and see you next week. So when you give these employees these unique opportunities and they, and they, we're talking about frontline employees that normally come, maybe could come from another business, could be their first job, but how do they actually react to this and what do, do they say? You know, what, what a, because it's so unusual, it almost could be a bit scary, I would say. Yeah, they get really excited. I, I've heard some employees say, what the heck? I've never heard of this. Is this, you know, this is very unique to your company culture. Uh, for my personal committee for the brand badasses that kind of focuses on areas of marketing, I have a lot of analytical operational people that don't realize that they have this creative side until they know that there's a safe place to go and do it. I have people in the operations that are copywriting, like I said, and taking photos. And then when they see them posted on social media, they get so excited because they're being engaged with. And it's just another form of recognition to say, hey, you're not just a one-dimensional line-level employee. There's so much more to all of us, and we want to nurture those passions. And sometimes they'll join a committee, and it's not totally what they want. And we also have a very, very open-door policy where they say, hey, I don't know if I can take this on right now. There's so much going on, but thank you for the opportunity. You know, there's, no, there's never any hard feelings. So it's very volunteer-based. It's very based on their needs and their interests, and there's no kind of forcing piece to that. We need everybody in those specialty areas, but we want to make sure that it's enriching their lives and not just our personal needs. And it was very interesting you said the business impact it had where, you know, you know, because you save a lot of money on, you know, getting external people in. But another thing I was thinking, have you seen like a direct or indirect impact on your turnover? Because that suddenly become, you know, for anyone operating with frontline employees, one of the the biggest challenges they have. There's many, but this is definitely one of the biggest on a global level. For sure. Everybody is talking about the labor crisis right now. Everybody's talking about the great resignation. And with Pathfinder Hospitality, we have been so fortunate that our turnover rate is a lot lower than the national average. You know, at the corporate level, I've been there now almost two years. Our revenue manager has been with the company for 10 years. Our director of people and development has been with the company for five years. He was a Harvard lawyer and he decided five years ago that he wanted to make a difference and hospitality was where he was going to land. And he landed with Pathfinder and he came up in, you know, from the front desk to G uh, general manager to our director of people because he's so passionate about that. Um, our, both of our VPs have been with the company over eight years. Our main area director of sales has been with the company for nine years. So you've, you see at the corporate level, when I actually came on my first day and I heard everybody's kind of tenure, I was like, this is a really good sign. 
And then you look at our line levels and we have an executive housekeeper that's been with the company for five and a half years. We have a maintenance engineer at our stay bridge in Umble that's been with the company for 13 years. I mean, since the opening. So we're seeing that something that we're doing, the secret sauce, that emphasis on people and culture is working. And we're so, you know, we, we train our employees to look for these opportunities to get to know the guests and to get to know their people. And we also give them autonomy. You know, we want them to feel comfortable throwing some kind of employee appreciation party without having to get some kind of budget approved. You know, at the end of the day, budget's important. Numbers are important. They contribute to the bottom line. But we also don't want people to feel restricted that they can't celebrate their teams and their wins without, you know, being, you know, punished. I think that's really, really interesting because, um, you know, permission so freedom to operate, you can say it within in the framework. But how, how do you actually involve people in because you said numbers are important, but how do you involve people in financial decisions then and that are they they don't need, you know, approval for everything but how does it work because some companies are more transparent uh, others are less you know no transparency nobody knows the numbers besides the, the management well that we're again a, new, a very unique thing that we do we are transparency is one of our core values and every quarter we host some sort of town hall or company meeting and the numbers are a part of that conversation because the teams also need to know if their hotels are not doing well and what needs to be done? What's missing? Where are the holes? What's happening? So the open and honest, transparent conversations have to happen because we're also we're running a business at the end of the day. And our business is people and our business is, you know, the rev par KPIs, things like that. You know, those are so important. So that's why we involve everybody in those conversations. We really ingrain in the GMs to work with their teams every single day, figure out, you know, what needs to be fixed, what does that look like? How does that contribute to the P&Ls are the bottom lines. And I think, you know, just being open and honest is the best way to go about it and being respectful and just saying, hey, we really want to do something like this. What does that look like? And, you know, obviously, if the hotel's struggling, you look at the budget a little bit closer when they're doing well, you know, but it just has to be an open dialogue. Yeah, and that's super interesting because often people get surprised, is my experience as well, especially frontline employees, that are we really doing that bad or are we doing that well for for example so i think that's really interesting as well that the whole you know the, i call it open book management and there's like a philosophy around involving your people as much as possible in the numbers because in the end of the day as you said the numbers are really are the money is the fuel to make sure we have great jobs and we can survive as a company and flourish and i think i think with that the proof is in the pudding right if you have stellar results, you're doing something right. Um, actually, the last 2021 numbers for the state of Texas came out and we had three of our hotels in the top 6% for RevPAR. I mean, out of 6,000, I don't remember the exact number, but over 6,000 hotels, three of ours landed in the top 6% for RevPAR. That's not because we're doing anything cookie cutter. It's because of the Pathfinder difference. And I believe in that wholeheartedly. What do you do to ensure that everybody knows where you're heading? Because uh, being part of a great business is also knowing sometimes that I have an, an idea about where we're heading. It seems like safe. It's just the safety of, you know, you know, there's not something crazy coming or what's coming is good. How do you make sure you do that and get everybody involved, all stakeholders around the business? 
it's total transparency again you know we have a hotel for sale right now and of course that always that's always going to bring some kind of you know intimidatedness or uneasiness and we just it's constant conversations with those people that you know that you will we will find a place for you you know you are so valuable to this team you know what does that look like what do you want for your career so it's again it's just constant conversations i think sometimes we talk things to death but that's totally okay because it makes everybody at every level feel like they're being heard and it's really important for leadership to make themselves available you know i i never thought stepping into this role that i would get so attached to some of you know these teams and they just inspire me every single day and i get so excited when i see their wins and can help them celebrate it by putting it on a higher platform you know before i stepped in no one was doing pathfinder hospitality's linkedin no one was really celebrating what they're doing at the line level on a more you know, open scale on global scale, you know, hopefully getting some recognition for these people. And I think the proof is in the pudding. When you feel appreciated, you're going to do more for your company. You talked about your, your special sauce, the culture, and you talked about fish. I've mentioned that. And it was one of the really where I got excited. I got something, you know, relived from, uh, from my past. I've experienced myself. Can you talk a bit about like, you know, your your approach to culture and how it is you're recently you know within reasonable time been a new employee that whole introduction into that culture and what happens in that those early days really to get people on board absolutely so you said you were familiar with fish and for those who aren't familiar with fish you know charterhouse's fish philosophy is based around the seattle pike place market and it's actually about you know these men who men and women who work in the fish place and it's probably not the most glamorous job, but they decided, you know, let's make the most of it. So the four principles are play, you know, having fun in the workplace without being childish, be there, understanding that you have to show up for people, listening when someone just needs to be heard. It could be as simple as seeing somebody down. And if that's out of your purview, just taking the time to say, hey, are, are you okay? Choose your attitude, which could probably be the hardest one for a good chunk of us, you know, and then make their day. We are in hospitality. If you're not making someone's day, just one person's day every day, kind of what are you doing? <laughs> you know? So that training is something we do in the first few weeks of any employees onboarding. It's part of, you know, it sets the tone. It's part of what we preach in those first few days. You know, we introduce them to it before they do the training and the training's a whole day and it's a whole day on each principle and then we playstorm and we break out and we try to create new ideas. And part of that training also fuels new ideas for the hotels. Because when you got that new blood in there and they're feeling super excited and they're in this training, they're going to have a lot of really creative ideas that can be implemented, you know, at the hotel. So that just truly sets the tone for how they're going to work with Pathfinder. And, you, can, you know, you kind of get it or you don't. And sometimes it's not for everybody, but we've seen it's for most people based on our retention rates. And with that, you know, they're also introduced to the other areas of the business that they can get to know should they choose to get to know them. And uh, what happens? Can you just like explain, you know, besides how does people react to that? Because again, 
it's not a standard thing that happens in any every business, but outside hospitality as well. What what kind of impact does this have for you guys? Because you know everybody talks about the nine the first ninety days in any job is critical both for the employer, but also for for the employee. That's where the either the magic happens or it doesn't happen. Right. Well, what happens is I've actually done a lot of the fish trainings. I've led quite a few of them, and one of the little things that happens in that day is we give them a name card and we say, don't put your name, put how you're feeling, right? So you see a lot of people saying intimidated, nervous, uneasy. We want them to be honest. How, how are you feeling going into this? Because it's foreign for a lot of people. And then at the end of the day, we say, take a look at your name tag and now say one word you're feeling. And almost always, not always, I think every time I've ever seen someone put something semi-negative or semi-just uneasy, the tone sets to, I'm so excited, thrilled, beyond elated, things like that. You've got them saying things like, I'm feeling spicy now. I'm ready to go. And that's little, little change. You know, we do this thing called play storming and we call it a brainstorm on steroids and no idea is too crazy. So that, that training there sets the tone for these people to come to the table with ideas and it might be a crazy idea and we might not be able to execute it fully, but what's the base in it and how can we nurture that? We just don't want anybody to ever feel like they can't come to the table with amazing ideas that will enrich the hotel and obviously drive rate. You know, we have a big emphasis on valuation too. There's so many things that we do differently because it can drive rates and we can be rate leaders because of this. So, and it starts with that tone. It starts with setting the tone of, no idea is too crazy. There's no reason that we can't implement something. And actually during the pandemic, when I say I'm shocked that I even got my job during the pandemic, the reason I got my job is because the company decided in a time period where it's so dark and you're hearing the word no, 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 no. They were like, how can we safely say yes? How can we get creative. And with that, and all these play storms later, as I was onboarding with the company, they're installing pergolas outside. They're investing in national holiday calendars so they can do safe activities, whether it's early morning yoga in the backyard and stuff like that. So it was just a really big breath of fresh air during this really dark period of time we were all going through. It's super interesting. How do you then, yeah, because you get that amazing start, you know, you, there's always, you always talk about in the employment journey that you need to have a great start and a great finish if that ever comes one day, because you forget everything in between. But how do you keep it alive? Because there's an element if that you want to keep that excitement alive, you want to keep these practices alive, these principles. How Do you do anything to, to revisit fish or that day and keeping alive during the employee's journey with you? Yeah, I mean, we, we host a fish training probably once a quarter, sometimes more, depending on the amount of people that we're bringing on. And it comes from leadership. Again, we had a leadership retreat back in October, and the first day was actually the higher level fish leadership training. So kind of dove into a lot of those bigger corporations. You mentioned Southwest, actually, like in our first um, conversation. And a lot of it was centered around Southwest culture, which was famous. I mean, my oldest sister worked for Southwest a long time ago, and she was there all through college because of how they treated her and because of those core values. It all comes down to values. You know, we try to revisit fish as often as we can, but we, pre we preach our mission and our vision and our core values because 
we don't we don't want to really be in business with anybody that doesn't kind of understand that it's all about alignment and we would love to really help everybody but we want to make sure that again our internal guests are taken care of as we grow as you build this you know we called it the special sauce we have used that term and you just mentioned southwest airlines and i was thinking it was a question that came up in my mind because southwest uh, southwest airlines i i i went to the us at some point and i i think i, I can't remember where i actually which city i went to. i went to i think i went to dallas maybe i don't know. i just wanted to fly with that airline because of my craziness for building great organizations and I talked to one of the employees and they know everything about what's going on, like operational. One of the things she said, she said, so how how do you find coming here? She said, like, it's very easy. Either you like it or you don't. The culture inject you if you're not for this business. Have you feel the same? And, and they thought it's a good thing that, you know, only the right people join us for this culture. They maybe fit somewhere else. They may be nice people, but they will fit better over here because this is how we do things here. Well, I will tell you, coming up in entertainment, I was culture shocked, you know, being in this kind of business and the role I was in previously, I kind of got pigeonholed into a sales role. So I kind of, I kind of lost the marketing passion for a little while. And then, you know, coming up in entertainment, I was really, really fortunate to have some amazing bosses and just have some not so great bosses. But at the end of the day, entertainment is highly, highly, highly competitive. I did, I always kind of felt like, especially maybe being a woman coming up in entertainment, looking over your shoulder. So coming into this environment, I was like, wait a second, if this is a safe place. I can trust people and I can speak my truth and my ideas without fear of being reprimanded or fear of being judged. You know, I also came in at a crazy time when there was just a lot of change. So a lot of moving parts and it was, it was one of those things I was like, whoa, is this for real? Are they really like this? Or are they just kind of selling it? And you, the proof is in the pudding with the retention. And I think that what's also really unique and great is we've had some amazing line level people leave for greener postures and move up in other organizations. And that's also supported. You know, we, we hope to provide career opportunities for everybody forever and ever and ever. But sometimes people have to make changes to better themselves. And if that means leaving the organization and trying something new and getting a different experience, you know, that's also supported. It's not a scary place where don't talk about other job opportunities. Don't talk about leaving. It's just, it's just super supportive. It's, I still sometimes I'm like, ah, I can't believe this, but it's really awesome. Yeah, because normally it would be that you, you whisper around at the coffee machine, as I say. Um, I really love that. Uh, so you mentioned before, it's a business in the end of the day, we need to make the business work. It needs to make a profit. And, you know, one of the key thing is there is to deliver, you know, high standards day in and day out, both on the employee and customer journey. Let's start with the employee journey. How, what do you do and how do you actually make sure you, you talked about the fish introduction and that whole introduction day that's part of me in my real world to have a very high standard but there's other things you're doing on that journey it'll be interesting to share with the with the world like your touch points there where you say do we do these things because the impact of that will make sure we get a greater guest experience for sure you know it's it's checking in you know we have department heads at the corporate level but how about those department heads at the hotel you know, what are you implementing? We have a, we have a platinum rule, you know, the, we all know the golden rule, right? Our platinum rule is do unto others as you would never have imagined. 
or as never they would have imagined. And so we believe highly, highly in this idea of platinum service. So we're, it's, you know, we, the uh, line level employees are on the daily basis doing a huddle and looking at the scores, looking at the guest surveys, looking at what kind of business is coming in, check-ins, check-outs, and then they celebrate their wins and then, you know, bring something to the table. You know, what's something, you know, should we do something a little different in breakfast? And so that gets their ideas involved. And again, that autonomy there, the breakfast manager is then encouraged to just order what they think is going to make the guests happy. So, you you know, sometimes you'll see them doing an omelet bar now. Sometimes breakfast tacos, you know, we're in Austin. We love our breakfast tacos. I'm sure people would love them for breakfast too. So, you know, that I think part of getting the employees involved again and always asking for their input and what they're hearing, you know, what are the guests saying when you're serving breakfast? What are they hoping for? tomorrow what are the guests saying you know some of our hotels are bring they brought back the social hour and the mixes so that's another way to get our employees engaged with the guests getting to know you know some of them are our long-term guests and extended stay we celebrate their birthdays we try to celebrate their anniversaries if somebody's getting married you know putting some kind of little honeymoon package even if they didn't ask for it so just kind of encouraging them to really connect with everybody internally and externally it's, it's super interesting and you because you you talk about autonomy again like you know how can we get them involved in, in decision making and actually make the experience better locally at that hotel in that situation and um, how do you then feel you make your customer feel part of you know your communities uh, across the hotels how do you get them involved it's always difficult to get the customers involved in, in thing is as difficult as the employees but they are really key because they come to your places and you know buy your services and products and your rooms but how, how do you really get them engaged when they're not in the hotel i i love this because one of the things that we encourage we actually have a t or one of our specialty areas we call them our platinum platinum service heroes and their whole responsibility as part of that specialty area is to get you know think outside of the box ways one of the things that happened during the pandemic that we saw was a lot of hotels cut things like hot breakfast and cut things like their social hour mixes and those are those things that if you read a lot of data supports that those are those things the first thing that they look at on your website do you offer a free breakfast if i don't want to leave the hotel things like that but on the flip side with the platinum service heroes they look from a month perspective they look at the national holiday calendars and they think how can we get people engaged and come down to our public spaces and, you know, like get to know the other guests and the team. So, you know, our best Western plus up in Pflugerville a couple of months ago did this whole, it was national pickle day and the GM went to the grocery store and just bought a bunch of those big packets of pickles. And you got guests tagging us on social media saying, Oh my goodness. No, I've never seen a hotel do something like this. Um, so we really are trying to celebrate it. Over the holidays, we kicked up all of our holiday initiatives a notch. Our residence in here in Austin was door decorating and had a whole door decorating contest and encouraged the guests to get involved. So you had a lot of guests checking in saying, "What? what's with all the wrapping paper? What's going on? Oh, we're having a contest. Like, you know, feel free if you need anything, if you need us to order anything, get involved. So you've got you know, just things like that, where we're trying to kick up a notch. And I always, I have a phrase, you can ball on a budget. A lot of these really little nuances don't have to cost a lot of money. They really don't. You know, you can get a lot of organic traction just by 
being excited. And again, it kind of goes back to fish, choose your attitude, show up for your people and just tell them how they can get involved. Because more often than not, they want to, everybody's craving human connection right now. You know, we do another thing called personalized itineraries and each hotel we designed kind of this one sheet that's got a QR code and, you know, Pathfinder's guide to Austin. And there's three different ones. Do you like to hike? Do you like to eat brunch and drink mimosas? Or do you like music? And do you like to go out? There's an itinerary for everybody. So again, that didn't cost a lot of money for us to do, but it shows that we care. And because you're all, especially in Austin, you're going to have people, where's the best place for live music? Where's the best place for you know, bottomless mimosas, and we have the answer for you. And it's built by the community or your guests. I know you called them the, the, the community. I really love that bit by where it, it seems like a lot of effort to do a day like that. But again, the, the, the impact is so much huger than probably any social media post you could sit and plan. If that For was the sure. <laughs> My best content is user-generated content or photos and videos taken from the employees. I mean, that's, we do a lot of lifestyle shoots. Professional photography and marketing is still really important. But at the end of the day, I always say people go to your website to get to know your business, to get to know your facilities. And then they come over to social media because they want to be your friend and they want to get to know you. And our social media pages, I'm proud to say, just feel very authentic because it's very in the moment of what we are doing. I mean, we plan a lot of it, but we also post in the moment. So, uh, and it's really interesting that you know people check into hotel and get involved decorating. I've never heard that before. I think it's super interesting. Um, what about tech? Uh, there's been a lot of t- talk about tech and technology's role in hospitality in the pandemic, and some of it was very necessary as just to operate under the the height of the the pandemic uh, but what does tech play roles play in, in your business is it like a, is it a driver is it a tool how do you see it uh, in all honesty we are still trying to figure out how technology can make our lives a little bit easier i think there's this funny kind of notion that maybe tech will take over jobs everybody's worried about robots taking over the worlds but i really don't feel that that is ever going to be the case in this industry more often, again, coming out of the pandemic, people are craving human connection. People are coming to the front desk to talk to people because they don't want to go on Yelp and get, you know, reviews or figure out what to do. And I think technology can be an amazing, amazing thing that helps us streamline our processes if it's utilized to its fullest. You know, I mentioned Beekeeper earlier, and that's like a very small piece of technology that keeps our teams intertwined. And it's, it's huge. Beekeeper is our technological culture keeper. You know, we could preach it all day long, but if people are going on Beekeeper and making sure they're engaging by sharing their wins and stuff, that is huge. So I I think technology will continue to play a huge role in making our lives a little bit easier and streamlining processes. But I don't believe technology will ever replace people. I just don't see that being the way of the future. Um, just from being at the ground level. I try to go to our hotels as often as possible. And I just see, I see it. I see humans wanting to talk to humans and not talk to their phones because we already are on our phones all the time. Yeah, it's interesting. You almost see it's going to help with the the heavy lifting in some areas, but it's not going to be like 
is not going to be the, the the only thing that makes hospitality business work. So that's like really interesting to hear both from, you know, you come from the hotel side. Some restaurants believe, you know, they can be totally be run by robots. And I think that's a very transactional approach. But I agree with you. If you want that special sauce you talk about, then you use the technology to, to do the heavy lifting. Um, this question, I've actually been looking forward to ask you, Mel, because you haven't spent a lifetime in hospitality. And there's definitely nothing wrong with that because you probably bring in a lots of great idea. But how do you see it, hospitality? Because you came in like the absolutely darkest hour you could imagine. So what is like your your, your prediction for hospitality from, from the time you spend it an hour and the outlook you have for it? You know, this is such a crazy concept. Again, I still sometimes I'm like, I can't even believe I got a job in hospitality during a pandemic. And just seeing, you know, the ups and downs and everything that's been going on. My, my prediction is that this industry will continue to grow and continue to boom. You know, I've, I'm really uh, involved in HSMAI here in Austin, which is a great organization for education. And we've started putting on in-person events and people are showing up because they want to support. So my prediction is, is that it's just going to continue to grow. People are craving life experiences. People are coming out of this and saying, man, I will never take travel for granted again. And, you know, there's this question around corporate travel, right? Because that kind of skews into hospitality too. And while we might not see a lot of the corporate business come back as fast as the leisure markets or some of the other project handles, you know, you're going to see a lot more people that are working remote that will travel to places to meet because, you know, Zoom has been great. Technology has been great to get us through the pandemic, but you get so much more out of your teams, out of your colleagues, when you're face-to-face, when you can read the room and you're not, you know, not on camera or off camera and all of this stuff. So I think it's just going to continue to grow. I think it's going to evolve. And I think people are going to come out of this more creative. I think working in hospitality, you're going to have a lot of new leaders with new ideas and things that are just going to revolutionize like how we do things in this industry. And I think that, you know, the the industry will prevail. There will always be a need for hotels. There will always be a need for restaurants. There will always be a need for every sector of hospitality. You know, we sometimes think about it just in hotels, but hospitality is so much more. So you're thinking the airlines and things like that. So they need really, really good people to get through what's coming. Really, really interesting view for somebody that hasn't spent a lifetime in it's actually very, very positive about the prospects. I always say we, uh, we just need better hospitality businesses. And I think that that will solve the problem itself, many of them. What is, has been your most significant learnings? It's been a crazy journey the last two years. You already gave us a bit of a touch on it in, in the beginning of the conversation. But like, what is your, like, your big lesson that you think that you would like to share? I thought about this and I'm thinking about it. You know, I think, again, it goes back to, we might be beating a dead horse here, but this industry is about people. You know, being a traveler for work, being a traveler for fun before coming into this industry, I didn't ever think about my hotel interactions. So now, you know, I've had great experiences. I've had bad ones. We all have. We've all been through that. But my biggest learning is the people piece. You know, as a traveler, I actually could have a really big impact on somebody's day if I'm, 
you know, not in a good mood or I come in and I'm tired and we all know when people are traveling, they're tired, but I could do, I could do somebody a little better as long as I come in and I, I choose to say, you know what, I'm so tired. Maybe it's 11 PM and my room is not ready. You know, we're, we're in the business of people. And I think the biggest learning too is, you know, when you think about the airlines and you think about all of this, we're humans and humans are going to make mistakes. Nothing is ever going to be perfect. And humans have the ability to correct those mistakes. Actually, my coordinator was the one who kind of was telling me when she was in customer service. So my marketing coordinator started as a sales coordinator on the ground and a front desk agent. And she told me, you know, I always, always get a great result when I just humanize the mistake that's been made. And you just, that, you know, we are, we're humans. We're going to make mistakes. And I think just knowing that was one of my like biggest aha moments. Again, something so simple and probably so straightforward and basic, but we forgot about the basics during this crazy, crazy time. Really, 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 really like that. And uh, because uh, I think I've, I think we all have to think come out a bit unpatient because we've been running like computers almost like because we've been behind the screen as you talked about before and we hunger for that human connection but then when we get it we sometimes get, I, I I catch myself in it but why don't you just do it or why is it not happen and, you know you have that inner dialogue but actually that's where you know to become the human and remember we all maybe only seventy percent of what's actually top performance because it's been a tiring period with a lot of processing going on. So yeah, really, really like that. It made me reflect a bit. So uh, really, really great uh, learning there. Um, who has been, you know, there's always people that influence us, but like who are the, you know, there's probably many, uh, but who are like the, the people that are top of your mind that really had an impact on your journey and the way you are approaching things? Well, actually, our head of business development and partnerships, um, her name is Danielle. She has probably been my most direct mentor during my journey at Pathfinder. And she'll kind of joke, you know, I don't know a whole lot about the marketing piece, but she's taught me so much about the industry and about the business. But she also kind of softened my heart a little bit. I joked kind of coming from my background and being scorned and things like that, that I was, was kind of tough and you know, she's been able to get break down some of those walls, which is really, you know, it's scary to kind of ever be vulnerable in the workplace. And I still struggle with it. I still struggle with this need to kind of feel like oh, I got I got to be on all the time, you know, no off days. And so she's been a huge influence in that, again, creating the safe place where like, you're, you're totally allowed to have off days. You know, sometimes my allergies are so bad. She's like, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Um, and then on top of that, other, the other company leaders, you know, I work very closely with our director of people. I work very closely with our director of revenue management. I work very closely with our director of sales. They've been in this industry for so long and they have totally influenced how I wanted to learn about the industry. You know, I did a lot of coursework on my own because I wanted to be up to par with these people. You know, it kind of made me want to join the conversation and really learn from them. And they were also amazing in teaching me and breaking things down. And then lastly, you know, you kind of mentioned the articles and blogs and stuff. Our, our line level talent, our, our on the ground teams inspire me every day. I love to write and I've been able to write so many unique things that we're doing and telling the story because they have that 
creative autonomy to do amazing things. One of our craziest initiatives that popped off was, you know, pet rocks. A lot of our hotels are extended stay and some people were staying for a long time and maybe didn't have pets. So we were making them pet rocks or letting them make their own pet rocks. And they were flying out of the lobby area. I mean, it just was this crazy, crazy thing that, you know, I had COVID back in August, September, I was really, really sick. And then coming out of that and seeing that on Beekeeper and seeing what it was doing, it was kind of the first time I felt creative after being so sick. So, you know, influence and inspiration come from the people I work with. And I'm also very lucky to connect with other industry leaders and things like that. So I try to absorb as much as I can. And uh, you you mentioned before, it's okay to be vulnerable uh, when you show up at work. Your mentor said that to you, but also how do you show up you know, you know, pro every day. I, I know there's days where you, 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 if you're hundred percent, some days you're 70%, 80%, but how do you actually show up with the right attitude? My dad told me a long time ago, fake it till you feel it. You know, those days that you're feeling really off and we all have ups and downs. Life is full of ebbs and flows. It was a long time ago that, you know, my parents said, you know, if you smile enough, you might just start to feel better. Um, you know, we're all dealing with, health stuff, mental health stuff right now. And I, I just certainly don't want to take away from somebody else's day if I'm not feeling like my full self. And maybe on those days, you're not feeling like your full self. It's actually okay to acknowledge that too. Actually, one of our GMs I've gotten really close to, she, she's like, you know, sometimes I come to work and I just warn the team like, hey, I'm not in the right headspace just yet. And even that is considering other people's feelings. So I actually think, you know, you don't have to show up on every single day. But if you do your best, you fake it till you feel it, you just kind of smile through it, you see the impact that that has. And, you know, my hope and goal is to be a leader and an industry leader. And, you know, when you're in a leadership role, what you say and do really does impact other people. So that's kind of something I try to keep in the back of my head. And our director of people has been on this leadership journey with me. And he's like, just remember that when you go to the hotel, you, you you know you make an impact everybody does so just keep that in the back of your mind i love that little thing about actually it's okay to say that you know i you know i'm not in the right space right now but i will be there i just need to have a bit of space i just need to and then i'll be back again uh because that's very powerful because you're not saying no you're just saying i just need this time or i need to do this then i'll be back i can't manage it in my head right now uh, because I think that's where definitely one of the biggest challenges right now are broadband or bandwidth. I think it's a better word. It's not as as it was, or maybe it's never been because we've always been thinking we can multitask. Sometimes we just need to slow a bit down. I love that. What would be your uh, top advice, Mel, to other leaders out there that's trying to to build a great business? Well, you just said something very, very impactful. One thing I noticed during the pandemic jumping into this industry was a lot of people that wanted to keep their jobs, that wanted to be involved, said yes to a lot of things, right? We took on more because it was what the company needed at the time. It's what the industry needed at the time. And it worked for a little while. You know, you got, you had a lot of people that were inspired to keep going and to keep pressing on. But now that we're getting close to I don't want to say post pandemic world, but you're starting to see things really level out and, you know, there might be ups and downs, but my real big advice to leaders is stop and reflect and talk to every single team member and understand what it is that they took on during the pandemic 
Is it still conducive to their journey and to their growth? Or is it something that you need to start changing the narrative? Is it something that you need to start thinking about pulling off that person's plate? Because that task could be a learning opportunity for somebody else. So just because that person got good at it during the pandemic does not mean that, you know, they should be doing it forever and ever and ever because you're talking, you're, we're talking about the labor crisis, the great burnout, the great resignation, whatever we're calling it. You got a lot of people stuck in this productivity trap, which I learned about in this other leadership program I'm in called Castell, where people take on more because it makes them think like, Oh, I'm Teflon. If I take on more, if I'm the yes man, my job is safe. And I just don't think that's a healthy way to go into whatever that post pandemic world is going to look like. So my advice is, you know, stop and talk to your people, reflect and plan, make a plan, make a plan for those people that took on more to pull some of that stuff off their plate in a way that doesn't make them feel like they did anything wrong, but it opens them up to grow. Uh, I really, I really love that. That's really great advice because I recently I visited a, a company in London. It's a, um, they do cheese uh, and they sell it to, to retail, but they have really a strong approach to people. And one of the things they found out as they started having weekly session within the teams about the task that was going on and how they actually started asking them, how long does this take you? And how do you feel when you're doing this task? They found out there's a lot of people that just felt they had too much and they just needed to stop doing some things. And actually that really accelerated their performance much quicker. They maybe did less things, but there were better qualities. So the impact of them was better. And that's super interesting. That's exactly what you're saying. So I'm just like underpinning the, the importance of this right now in this time. If there was one question you wish to have asked you during this conversation, Mel, what would the question be? And uh, what would you answer? Well, shout out to our director of people, Brian, who really helped me with this one. And I think there's been a lot of negative talk around the pandemic. It was a dark time, but I think one of the questions that we should ask people is what is, what is one of the positive things that has come out of this? And there's sometimes you look at it and there's, you, you struggle to find the answer. And for me, I think that again, being boots on the ground and being in different markets and stuff, I'm actually seeing a lot more kindness at these ground levels. And I think another positive thing is you've got a lot of people that, you know, are struggling and struggling and they're trying to find their purpose, you know, and it's starting new conversations. It's actually starting a wave of creative thinking. And it's, it just kind of, you know, I think the hospitality industry was cruising for a little while. And then you got something like this, well, the positive thing is, is how do we plan for something like this again? Do we even plan for something like this again? What does that even look like? So flipping it kind of, you know, flipping the script and saying, yeah, a lot of really crappy things happen for, you know, PG language, but you know, there's a lot of good that came out of it too. And I think it's actually okay to talk about, I think it's okay to say that really dark things, you know, they always say it's darkest before the dawn, one of the most cliche sayings, but I think the future is really looking bright and it's because of this new way of thinking. And that's, a, you know, very counterintuitive in a hard time to ask you what is actually working, what is actually positive. Love that. Um, where can people find out more about uh, you, Pathfinders, and if they want to go and see the, the amazing blogs, which I've been reading a lot from your written by your people, done by your people, the content and so on? Sure. So, 
You can find Pathfinder online, obviously, pathfinderhospitality.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, just at Pathfinder Hospitality, one word. And I am on LinkedIn. I love connecting with people on LinkedIn, other other industry industry peeps, other marketing peeps. And uh, we're also on LinkedIn as well for Pathfinder. So anything online, if you Google Pathfinder Hospitality, my marketing side has made us very findable. <laughs> good, good. Uh, that's great. Thank you uh, so much, uh, Mel, for, for for joining the show and telling this unique story about what, what you guys are doing and how you actually are trying to build a company that has a different blueprint, but still a business and makes results in it. Well, thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. Wow, Mel. Thank you for sharing these great insights on how you at Pathfinder are building and maintaining great culture. I recommend you now to ask yourself, how can I involve my people in building a better culture? To get further inspiration on how to build great culture, please also tune in to episode 56, Heartfelt Hospitality with Nina Jeffroff Stevenson, Chief Cultural Officer at Point A Hotels. And if you enjoyed today's conversation, please share, rate, review, or subscribe to one of our channels, which can easily be done now by our new website at hospitalitymavericks.com. A big thank you to Biz Simply for supporting us, bringing great insights, strategies, and tools to help the industry thrive, not just survive. Check them out at bizsimply.com or via the social at bizsimply or at bizsimplyhq. You can also email them directly on advice at bizsimply.com. A big thank you to Fina Charlson, the show producer and editor from the Podcast Collective. Tune in next time for another interview. And in the meantime, find out more about us and subscribe to the newsletter and more Maverick Insights at hospitalitymavericks.com. And don't worry, if you did not get all of this, there will be links in the show notes. I'm Michael Tingsat, and you've been listening to the Hospitality Maverick Podcast Show. Be Maverick!